1: I'm back, bitch, and it pus- pushing the button. <laughs> what the hell? I, I feel like I was. I was. Um, ben
2: is back. Nervous about doing it last week. Ben is back, but never went is anywhere. Back. But Brandon the is back. Yes. Our Brandon. Before before we started, actually, I don't want to talk about this because this goes in. I don't want to feel like I've talked too much on on the podcast about um, like at the beginning of every episode, like asking about microphones and buttons and shit. So I'm gonna. I'm not going to speak to that, but well, not going to speak about buttons. But I was nervous about it. I'm going to put a button on the button talk. Great. Goodbye button. I'm going to hydrate real quick. Yeah, but Brandon, you've returned. I'm back from the trenches I, of hell. I have oh. been. Oh. I have been on my on my western front porch, looking out the window in my gingham <laughs> dress, with a nice patina of sweat around my brow, just staring at the horizon, waiting. When will waiting? my husband return for war? <laughs> And he's returned.
1: And now he's here. I'm here. Hello. Hey. It's I was random. excited to hear about Beyonce. Mm.
2: Mm. Mm. Weren't you, though? <laughs> Sounded very fun. Yeah, it was a wonderful wonderful time. fun faggot outing.
1: It was a good time. It was
2: great. And I was driving by the Rose Bowl the other day. Oh. And I didn't realize it until I was at the end of our route. But I was just hurtling past our standstill mm. traffic mm-hmm. route where we got out and walked.
1: Right. Where you demanded to get out.
2: Okay. Let me out. I know that you were a listener last week. but I was listening. We don't usually do recaps of the previous episodes. <laughs> well, um, I so. just want to
1: recap. What I, it was weird listening to it because I was like, oh, I haven't heard there. this stuff. And I wanted, I felt like the urge to like chime in and be
2: like, uh. uh. I mean, we could have used it. You missed it. Now, should, we now I feel like I Had you listen to it and then record like ad-libbing <laughs> on top <laughs> of it. <laughs> As a layered yeah. track. You're yeah. kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stop it like jay-z's A. <laughs> and she did and not O's oh my god over beyonce's just singing just brandon in the background going hey ah. <laughs> <laughs> I, when i was listening back to the episode i also was it talking would just back. be me going mm, <laughs>
0: mm,
2: <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh. wow you guys yeah. it's october it sure is. It's hot We Spook. It is October. It is the last quarter of the year. I'm already. wearing a. I'm wearing a sweater right now. My you fir, are. My it's first very sweater, festive. My first wow. sweater of the fall. Wow. Oh my God, it does have. It. All, it is a sweater orange, sweater of orange. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Big wow. Big, <laughs> super wow. Why Big did you bring wow. that up? Just because just 'cause Just because we're. We're hurtling here. towards human annihilation in, in, in 20 awards faster. season in exactly 24 hours i <laughs> will be watching a star is born and then and then i can decide whether ben is being too cynical about his uh his remember when his his i lost Gaga 2 take. hours of my day today because someone Fending tweeted... Booper fans. No, because someone tweeted that it was one of the most beautifully shot movies that they have ever seen. Well, after In their know, life? A great and cinematographer, I, And I lost it. <laughs> I think that we need to not <laughs> pounce on people when they have opinions that aren't the same as ours. It comes from an, an honest and passionate place. Well, I'm always told I'm a contrarian, so <laughs> I think... You're, you're like, you're saying that you, like, are you arguing to be polite? I'm a contrarian. I'm just going to be rude about it. No, I'm arguing that people aren't polite with my opinions. <laughs> well, that's true. By t- calling me a contrarian. Absolutely right. So. I wouldn't call you a Let contrarian. it rip. I'd call you a troll. Sure. Because that's what, didn't you call yourself a troll recently? No, you called yourself a hater. Probably. So I'm just, I'm just parroting your words back at you. I mean. I'd also say, I'd also call you a really good friend. Thank you. Oh, that's beautiful. The word <laughs> contrarian your just bothers me because it is dismissive of the way the person actually feels. Well, right. I find contrarian to be an annoying position, unless you're talking about someone like Armand White. Oh. Um, it's It basically, you're assuming that the consensus is the correct opinion, yeah. and um, yeah. but almost in a fascist way, mm-hmm. and that to have any opinion outside of the collected agreed you know everyone's nodding their head oh yeah i like that about it oh yeah that movie is totally tacky like if you feel otherwise it's as if you're doing like people talk about opposing takes yeah. when when, some, when uh, around things like that as if you're some sort of like critical terrorist mm-hmm. when you're just having your own reaction to it right yeah. and to i mean sometimes yeah like because they it's like they assume you're playing devil's advocate like that, you don't actually believe what you're saying, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like us with eighth grade.
1: We're gonna talk about. the way talk I about, do. We're gonna
2: talk about eighth grade when we get to Carrie. we not I about just it. <laughs> would like to say I do really like a Stars Born, but right, I have not even. A I have come down very hard because I'm so tired of the hyperbole. And it just, it reminds but, me but of no but hold on. But saw... I also think that by the opposite token, you can't call something hyperbole just because, because people are more know. enthusiastic. No, no, I, yeah, exactly. Like some people might just have an earnest enthusiastic reaction to no, it. Well, remember when you saw
1: La La Land at Tiff and you were soft on it and then you resaw it in theaters and you fell in love? Maybe that yeah. And happen. then I had to deal with like no, but I, four I, months I of Ben this, texting me like, but time. you're wrong.
2: You liked but it. But I liked A Star's Born a lot. I just think it's not... A five-star mask. I'm just super excited. You just don't but think here's it's the, the most beautiful but, okay, shot thing you've the, ever seen? But yeah. I don't... We can talk about this on the Star Is Born episode, but... I don't When's really, that going to be? Spoiler. That's our next episode.
1: <gasps> no way. Yeah. Us three faggots would never do a Star Is Born episode. We would skim right over that and do Venom. Yeah, we would do yes. Venom. Because I'm sitting at the table. And we would. And, we would, and, and I, as my Deadpool self... And, and,
2: and we would watch every <laughs> single Spider-Man movie to prep. We would huh. not watch every single Star Is Born to speak in conversation with the Cradley Booper Gaga Epec. We should have included the bodyguard <laughs> what was, what was as that one of our. The, the, the Epoch Epic. Mm.
1: Can I just say, the name Cradley Booper has just been reverberating in my brain yes. all day. Uh, Cradley Boop. <laughs> I'm dying boop. when your Cradley is booped.
2: Next week, next week, Next week, all our Cradleys will have been booped when we talk about. A, um, all of our Crabs a, a crad will is be booped.
1: booped. Yes. Ah. Uh, can't wait for everyone's crowds to be booped. I have my yeah. seats
2: reserved in the Cinerama Dome. Cinerama. The Cinerama Dome, which is a controversial, controversial venue on the podcast, but I got the good seats, in my opinion. The Dome is tough, not to get too regional about L.A. theaters, but the Dome is difficult for me because if you are not in uh, – you either have to sit in the balcony, which yeah. I'm not going to do because it's too much distance from the screen for me, so you have to be in like the back three, maybe four rows of yeah. the orchestra in the center aisle. Yes. There can mm-hmm. be no sitting on the wings. I hate the dome. I know you hate the dome. I'm trying to not you know I'm saying it's this is a controversial Ben hates venue. the dome. It's a controversial <laughs> theatre. Mm-hmm. I, I s- love it because I, I and that's why I had to book in advance. Also because I'm sure it's gonna sell out. But I I needed that's the showtime that worked for me. Yeah. And I had to get the good seats. So I'm in like Hell the second yeah. row. Hell yeah. I'm sorry, the second to last Hell row. Hell yeah. Yes. Okay, one more thing about my tweeting about my Heck tweet yeah. storm about Lady Gaga. Yeah. I didn't mean to come down on people who like her performance. I, I just think it is not what I look for in acting. Thank you. Yeah, I, I will say that I am not I have not been on Twitter very much since the um since the Kavanaugh hearings last mm. week and Dr. Ford speaking at those hearings. Because I am so see full that opened of, up my floodgates. No, no, but I no, but look, oh. I am so full of rage mm-hmm. about like not just that. I have, when when I am full of rage around some current issue, I, it is not helpful for me to just talk about it with everybody by using all caps and exclamation points and being pithy. Like mm-hmm. I have, it is not productive for me to yell on the internet. I have to just sit with my thoughts. It's not productive for anyone. We just (laughs) think. I think no. I think that some people. I mean, I don't think it's like extremely unhealthy to some people. Like I think. I think some people are able to work out their complex emotional feelings about current events, and especially something as insidious as the Kavanaugh hearings, um, to work it out in a public forum and to feel supported and to like. I totally understand that. For me, like my rage is not productive. I have to have. Conversation with people in person, I just it wouldn't be helpful. So that I'm like I'm on Twitter, but I'm not. I'm sort of like taking just a observing. step back at the moment. But I'm also I I just I have no patience for award season subtweeting Mm -hmm. I just can't stand that people online who don't know it don't know don't know each other get into these little clicks where they have their own ideas about who people are because of what they say people not understanding each other's tone and then all of a sudden I'm sure people are DMing each other about did you see what this one person said none of these people know each other it's completely destructive and it's the opposite of a movie like eighth grade so (laughs) therefore (laughs) I'm I'm just like Twitter is a little much for me right now I'm having Uh, we all go your waves. No, but I I mean but this is anytime I, anytime I'm feeling rage and and like anytime I'm feeling like any I guess rage and outrage are the same thing. But like that in a war season basic says to the priest in in the boudoir <laughs> I am so angry. <laughs> Mm
1: -hmm. Mood Eternal mood I I, forgot we watched In the Bedroom as Homework I just
2: wish that I wish that everyone Well I don't know If this is healthy So I don't know If I wish that everyone On the internet Would behave more like Sissy in a lot of her movies Mm. Where she knows she's right But she bites her fucking tongue About it Mm -hmm. It's just that later She has this eruption Where she's like I told you Like (laughs) in so many Different things We can talk about As we go on here
1: Did you do it
2: Did you do it Um Everything (laughs) Oh my <laughs> me, <laughs> me. Ah, uh, oh, so good. I—that's that's how I, my marriage would go, probably.
1: <laughs> yeah. Your, your quiet husband, who's a annoyance.
2: Mm-hmm. I like that. I mean, Sissy's in, in the bedroom is just a classic Scorpio. Yes. Am I right? Ruth Fowler, classic Scorpio. Mm. Even though the last mm. name suggests like a more chicken-based astrology sign, mm. but.
1: Um. Okay, shut
2: up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. What are we talking about today? Welcome uh, back again once what? more. Here we are. Here we go again. We're off the deep end. This is Movies IMO. Wow. We are your fave film faggots. We are here to um, sass each other about Sissy Spacek this week. Sassy Sissy Spacek sat with our sissies. <laughs> Oh. We are, we are, we are your, um, um, yeah. Her real name is Mary Elizabeth. I want to try to do. She's born uh. on Christmas. Wait, her yeah. real name is Mary Her Elizabeth. name is Mary Elizabeth Spacek. Yeah. And so they Sissy were like. a nickname and that's just what she went by. Yeah. And then they uh. founded a holiday after she was born yeah. because the second coming had arrived. To celebrate. I love it. Christmas. There I was no do, Christmas like... before Sissy Spacek. Christmas is a fairly new holiday. Oh, wow. But sissy day yeah what year was she born like 47 i looked it up 49 Somewhere 48 mm. somewhere around there she late was born 40s. in 1949 in quitman texas really she's a texas girl oh yeah she's the most texas actor oh yeah probably um and, and she broke through with the most texas director yeah, yeah, correct
1: what was her breakthrough Badlands. Oh, right.
2: Badlands. We are... I need to look up the, like, genesis of that, because in this this 16-minute GQ interview that I watched, she is like, you know, Terry and I really developed it together, and he would send me drafts, and he knew I could twirl a baton, and we went and met with Martin Sheen together, and it's like, how did he know you? <laughs> How did Terrence Malick find you? Um, right. I would guess, I don't actually, I, I wouldn't know if, if he knew this person before he met Sissy. And this is how he met Sissy through this person. But I was going to say when we got to the Badlands ones, part of the conversation that for me, like top five celebrity couples or Hollywood couples has to I mean we can, we can fill it out with four others, but it is not a complete list without Sissy Spacek and Jack Fisk. Yeah. And, I'm wondering if Terry and Jack knew each other, even though... No, I think she and Jack met on Badlands. That's what I was going to say, is that they didn't get married until 74. But then, you know what I was wondering? Maybe Terry knew Rip Torn, who is Sissy Spacek's cousin, Rip Torn. I wonder if... Because he was already working in L.A., and Terry was in L.A., so... I'm sure, you know what, Maybe. I'm, I'm sure that this is on the Badlands. Uh, yeah, we're IMDb probably debating page. something that is facts. Yeah, fact. We, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're proving here once and for all that we don't just skim the trivia page of IMDb before hopping on the hot mics. Mm-hmm. This week we're talking about David Lowry's newest picture, The Old oh, Man. Right. I forgot there's
1: like a new movie that we're talking about. <laughs> I know, I just think we're talking about Sissy. There's <clears throat> a movie attached.
2: <clears throat> the Old Man and... Bang bang, the go. Sundance kid
1: and the <laughs> coal miner's daughter. Oh, that's good. Thank and you. the Scientologist. And the Scientologist.
2: And they both reached for the gun. And well, we can we can get into that when we get into it. Oh, I know what you're gonna say. Yeah. Um, and
1: he who shall not be named. And the yeah. Oscar. I'm winner. just gonna go by. Yeah. I'm just gonna call him that this whole episode. Yeah. I will I will refuse to say his name.
2: I. I mean, we should we can have a conversation about that and. I am curious why Lowry keeps using Casey Affleck. I mean, Ghost Story is filmed before. His entire before role the-
1: should have been cut from the movie. Thank you.
2: Well, it it's not just out of a point of personal decency. The movie is also dragged down by all of the Casey Affleck of it all. Anytime
1: he's on screen, it deflates
2: completely. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was just going to be a nice little romance. I did too, and the romance it is, should have it's been not, that. the romance is not I never saw the trailer. It's like sixth tuba in the in the back of the orchestra. I didn't see when the trailer. It should either. be, or no? I saw the trailer once, and it, I believe it, like I, it's framed as feel a, like, like a heist I took movie. a point Is of it, a cops and robbers. Yeah. I took a point of personal movie. offense, and I texted you to forgets when I was in the, the in the ArcLight Theatres, not to get too regional, watching the Old Man of the Gun. They have the the usher or the the employee come out beforehand and say, "Welcome to the ArcLight Theatres, not to get too regional, which they say, and you're here to see this movie starring these people. And he said. Old Man and the Gun starring Robert Redford and Casey Affleck. And yeah. I immediately whipped out my phone and decided I wasn't paying attention to this motherfucker anymore. Uh, and texted you two and was like, what the hell? But I'm not sure that he should have said Sissy Spacek because she's barely in the movie and yeah. she serves very no, little uh, function well, to the plot. Uh, she yeah. plays a huge part in this movie. Only if you, only if you. Ex- she no. lights it
1: up every time she's I, on I,
2: I agree with you. I'm talking purely on plot. Yes. Okay. Purely that Empire. I agree. She only, I mean, her—you could lift her out of the movie. Well, she—I it just—I can't believe. Well, no, uh, I don't know if I agree with that. I think David Lowry I mean, is such wise. a sensitive filmmaker, and he showed sure. such a such it a would remove like the overall such themes. a such a deep understanding of how humans work in his last film in a ghost story. And I was disappointed. And by the way, I liked the movie, but I was disappointed that he would include. I mean, he didn't. Did he write the scripts? Yes, yeah, he wrote, the, he wrote he yeah, that. he wrote he wrote and directed the movie. Um to use the sissy Spacek character as this like one bright light in this dark man's life. Like like yeah. the, the one the one escape to salvation is the woman that he meets and starts courting and he can't get too close to her because he doesn't want to drag her in but she offers this better life this possibility to settle down like i was so frustrated when i realized that was the only function that her character plays in the plot sissy of course adds depth and dimension to it um and we can talk about sissy because everything she does is so oh, compelling, and even if she's not playing. Anything. Exactly. Well, yeah. he, there's a he's smart to stay on Sissy on many of the scenes between yeah. her and Bob. And I will Bob, you know, her and Bob. I love how much of this film is built on close-ups, and the coverage and scenes are predominantly really tight close-ups. Um, and I appreciate that he holds on Sissy's tight close-ups, and she she is able to even though I don't like how that functions in the plot, she is able to enliven every scene she's in. Mm-hmm. just by just, like No one sighs like Sissy Spacek, which she's just mm-hmm. like, ah, well, you know? like oh, Sissy. It adds depth to the scenes. So we are here to talk about the old man of the gun. We are doing another retrospective of one of our favorite actresses. This week we are doing a Sissy Spacek retrospective. We are going to talk uh. about her breakout film, Badlands. We are uh. going to talk about Carrie. We're going to uh. talk about Three Women. We're going to talk about Don Le Boudoir. We're going to talk about... Coal miner's daughter. Coal miner's daughter, which we'll talk about that. Ben and, also watched Crimes of the Heart just because I've been wanting to watch it for a long time. It was extracurricular. And I did, did you watch Coal Miner's Daughter? Yeah, I missed the log. It was today. Oh, I watched it at work. Let's let's,
1: <laughs> let's check the log. Threw it
2: on at work.
1: <laughs> your uh, quick aside about your announcer man. I just want to say my announcer man at Landmark for. Oh, can I just say? Yeah, about, you can. Just a couple of things. Would you please? My announcer man was very charismatic and was like, "Don't trust him." Basically, Timmy Chalamet giving his presentation of of <sighs> what we were about to watch, and then I got that fucked up "A Star Is Born" trailer. Oh yeah,
2: do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, because it traumatized. Do you want to share me. with the class? It trauma. I'm traumatized. Wow. I'm th- it th- was
2: the. I thank you for coming today. It was the
1: male. It was the malefied trailer. It features Cradley Boop, and. Something. No, Elliot? he's singing. He's singing. What's that? Not dude.
2: that one. No, the I'm, other I'm one. doing <laughs> that. I need time to know that. Time to have you have the yeah. So he's singing that. Maybe.
1: And Stan. then here comes Sam Elliott being like, you know, it's just you sing the song, and it's like you sing the same song nine times <laughs> and you repeat it. And there's no music. <laughs> it's just Cradley Boop and then Jeez. Sam Elliott and then shots, flittering shots of Gaga. Like she's this like ethereal figure. It's like when they... And she's then... Like, she's and Kylie fashion, Minogue and, um, the most Minogue. The most oh, yeah. egregious thing is that at first I thought when the trailer opened, because it was... Cradley boop saying like on stage and there was no like music and i thought it was going i thought they were going to play like just the music video for shallow and like that would have been new trailer but they did the opposite of that and at the end of the trailer lady gaga's about to come on and he turns to her and says you ready oh cut to title wow what the fuck she doesn't sing one goddamn note
2: how does that appeal it, to the It's like the anti-trailer. That's a good, well, it appeals to the old man and the gun crowd. Yes, right, the male the A movie all crowd. about living for the chase.
1: Men. Anyway, I just had to men. share that. I'm so sorry.
2: That That's like, no, that's chill. And that bolsters sort of what I imagine we'll talk about, the old man and the gun, which is like men. men. Am I right? The thing about the old man and the gun... Is it's not one of those movies that has nothing to say, but I just think so many movies have said the same thing and better. I don't. I don't even think that. I like what it has to say. Well, and I think it's because of Sissy's
1: character that it managed to say what it says. Well, what do you think it's saying, as far as
2: Sissy's <sighs> concerned?
1: I just think like her moment on the. Po- I'm not gonna be able to put it into words because my brain's broken. but When she's
2: asleep on the couch. Well,
1: that moment. When she's like
2: did you do it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, no, no. When she's on I the like porch. I like gasped when, when she was the napping porch. with the dog. Oh my God. I love so how, bad. I mean, I love <laughs> how
2: much focus, like, like literal focus in the frame is put on her dangle bracelets. <laughs> Five at a time.
1: Yeah. My, my, sorry, I just want to see what you gave coal Miners. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, when she's on the porch, it's the moment that like made me tear up and she's just talking about like, The passage of time, which like a million movies have talked about that and better. But the way she talks, I don't know, it just made me feel something so specific about like the passage of time and just like choosing a humble way of... Love. I don't yeah. know. It's just I,
2: something... I mean, this is, I know, rang it true so for and, me. And I think that David there. Lowry in this film and Ghost Story, and it's been way too long since I watched the first 25 minutes of Eight and then Body Saints and said, check please, but also... Let me tell you, People like it, but I was just like, I've seen Badlands, thank you very much. Let, 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 me, let me make my point. But I... I agree with what you're saying about what the film is trying to say and what Sissy lends to it. And I think that David Lowry is uniquely positioned right now in the American independent cinema to do it because of this wistful delicacy that colors all of his films and yeah. the visual language of it. it mm-hmm. It's in the way that like everything is dappled with this mellow light. Um, there's certainly a texture, but it's, it's not like a concrete texture. That's like, it's like very Malachy and that you're just running your hand through hay. Like yeah. it feels very temporal and temporary and um, I love that about the film. Like, and and I, I think that maybe it is time to let the old ways die. Oh, Right? And I think that that's part, right. part of Proudly the movie's move. getting at. Yeah. I just am annoyed. I am annoyed at what I think Ben is talking about with the, the chase of it all. Yeah, yeah. You to talk about that. I feel that. Yeah. Well, first, I was going to add in this GQ video that I watched. I'm just a GQ ad tonight that <laughs> Sissy dollars. <laughs> saying the words, ain't them body saints. Because as she's talking about how she got involved with this movie, she's like, well, I, I saw this movie. She's like, I also saw Badlands. I ain't was them, in it. Ain't them body saints. And I just <laughs> had to work with him. I was like, oh, my God, Sissy. Oh, Sissy. Can, we, can we share the thing that your co-worker said? What did your coworkers what did say? My coworkers say about what car she drives. What does she drive? Oh yeah, go for it. Sissy Spacek and I, because of, because of privileged intel that the did she drive a PT privileged Cruiser. Privileged intel. I don't have a PT Cruiser. <laughs> well, You um, were
1: touching a knob on some PT Cruiser. I'm oh. recapping last week's. episode. It wasn't a PT
2: Cruiser, and I. If you want to know what it was, you Pacifica. Can, you can it was li- a Pacifica. I cannot, I can neither confirm nor deny, but perhaps.
1: Um, my family also had a Pacifica, and we bitch. called it. We called it the whale. <laughs>
2: ah, it looked like a whale. It is a whale. It had a hump back. Wow. It's Shamu. Shamu. Wow.
1: Uh, anyway, what is she drive? My favorite film, A Mini Cooper.
2: Ingmar Bergman's Shamu. So, Sissy, we we got privileged intel on the podcast. We can't we we can't reveal our source, but Sissy Spacek and I drive the same car, <gasps> which is a beat up shitty Toyota. Mm-hmm. Aww. And Sissy Spacek has an earthly quality to her. And I think that that's partly just because of her physical features. And so I think you have to be careful when talking about actors, about assigning too much meaning to the work they're doing with their souls to their bodies. Mm -hmm. But there's just such a, I mean, she, 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 she she just looks like she belongs in a forest, you know, and that's partly because we, she's so at ease in her body. And I think that's uh, what a lot. Of I think maybe is that's familiar. what I'm responding to. I was gonna say it's also because like her, you know, I don't I don't know if it is it her first movie, but it, Badlands is certainly the first movie I see of hers it, when she's this age. Yeah, um, and you know, I'll just always think of her in that tall yellow grass. Um, I'll always think of her, in her hot pants. Yeah, sure, but. Um, Sorry. <laughs> I got off on something. Um the thrill of, Oh, I was going to say though I don't Oh, the thrill of the chase. I think this I think this movie and a lot of the you know the two other Lowry movies that I've seen one of their greatest strengths is their humility. I don't think that David Lowry like David Lowry like Bends space and time and tells the story of time mm-hmm. in a ghost story. And it never feels like he's overreaching or he's yeah. trying to offer a definitive statement on anything. Um, and I think you get that in the, in the, uh is it Bonnie Prince Billy who is at the party and is the drunk guy who's just rambling on and on about his theories of the universe. And I appreciate that the film is not trying to tell you he's right. right. Like it's just more about a discourse and offering of ideas. And his certainty is not, his certainty is almost the butt of the, yeah, of the joke in that I scene. Agree. So I think it's fine if Old Man in the Gun is saying things that other movies have said before. I think it's humility is a strength. Like, yeah. it doesn't, it, it, can, it can tread it's familiar nostalgic. territory. It can tread familiar territory. Um, yeah, directly nostalgic when it, like, reuses uh, footage of Robert Redford. Yeah, and, yeah. I gasped
1: and, when it was literally, it. literally so a great. cameo yeah. of his younger self. It's,
2: Robert Redford does a cameo in a Robert Redford starring vehicle. Yeah. It's, it's, I loved it. Yeah. Jeff Bridges just
1: is shaking. As as a very obvious, like, uh, tribute to Redford's career, I yeah. think the movie's pretty effective in that way. And Robert Redford... Wasn't it Redford who was like, let's do it. Like, he wanted to make this movie. Probably. Is that true? I think for a couple years He now, wants
2: to go out on, remember, I'm the most charming man that well, has ever lived. Red- so,
1: if, so if that's the case, that this is what he's going out on, I, he did it. I
2: think Redford's kind of quietly astounding in this movie for a couple reasons. But speaking directly to his legacy... This is such a cap, on, like, a, like a cap on yeah. his charisma. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is just another example of how Robert Redford makes it look so fucking easy. Yes. And makes it seem so unremarkable because even though he has always been like a hot movie star and a director and runs Sundance, obviously, he also seems so at ease in his own body mm-hmm. um, that it looks like he's not really doing a whole bunch because right. he seems so present in every scene he's in. Yeah. Um, like his was it, his, it wasn't his last movie because he did Pete's Dragon with David Lowry, but All Is Lost right. was such a tremendous performance he was in Pete's Dragon yeah he has like a small role in Pete's Dragon and he's great did I cannot not see it is he oh it's so good I will it's really see it pe- the this whole movie one, is painted in essential oils this one
1: it's a really good movie <laughs> t- touts it every day yeah I love Pete's Dragon you're the poster child of Pete's Dragon I am just flying does on the Robert Redford PD? play Pete's
2: dad no, but Reese plays the Dragon's Dad. No, but Reese Witherspoon as the Does Salad play Dragon Bryce plays Pete, Pete and Pete's Dragon. Reese Witherspoon from A Wrinkle in Time as the Salad Dragon plays oh Pete's Dragon.
1: Oh, the Salad Dragon. No, Ro- Robert Redford plays the the like
2: some old carpenter dragon. in the neighborhood who has like a model train. Yeah. I think uh, he
1: would. But hold on, let's, like, what a let's, let's get let's get this Bastard. out of the way. Let's get this
2: out of the way. So the Old Man and the Gun is the new David Lowry picture. It is about It is about a criminal and his son. It's about it's about the gun. Okay, so let hear me out here. We got an old man. We a got gun. a gun.
1: So the picture's called Old Man the Gun. <laughs> anyway.
2: <laughs> um The man's name is Forrest Tucker. He's sort of a gentleman bank robber, is what they call him. He's like a good bad guy. Oh, he seemed like a
1: nice enough fellow.
2: That's the guy from No Country for Old Men. It is. Yeah. He was smiling. Was he smi- is he smiling that camera? He paid off my student loans. He cleared up my acne. He, <laughs> he gave me a back rub. <laughs> uh basically he's uh he's a career criminal and he's not it's never really stated as he's on one last heist because there is no one last heist he's sort of addicted to the chase um, and he meets Sissy Spacek um, who he sort of uses as cover when he's escaping the scene of a crime and she's pulled over on the side of the highway and like needs help fixing her car and he like goes up and does a meet cute until the police go away and then they actually strike up this friendship and this relationship meanwhile he is continuing to rob banks with his buddies Danny Glover and Tom fucking Waits yeah.
1: oh my gosh T-
2: the Tom Waits Christmas tree story yes. is one of my favorite moments <laughs> of the year so far though. it's so good it's, it's so, so, so random it's so, fun. so random. Tom Waits is is such a good actor. That's all. <laughs> between okay. the work between the Jim Jarmusch work and the Robert Altman Oh, work, Jim Jarmusch, that's what I know. I'm but sure. also Shortcuts. He's so good in Have you seen Shortcuts Brandon?
1: We know this about me. I I remember. Must you shame me? I'm not
2: shaming. If anything, I'm shaming you both for not coming with me to see it. I At was AFI trying Fest to do, last year after we did our ladies. I was Bird trying episode. to
1: start my Altman retrospective, and it started with three three women like three months ago, and then it stopped. Come over to my house because this of is an Altman retrospective all the retrospective
2: That's I've been, why it I've been thinking of um, like I've been proactive lately and thinking: Are there any movies that we're doing on the show that are anti-capitalist? So that I can make us all watch McCabe and Mrs. Miller, mm. and then I'm like, Are we doing mm. any like anti-war films? We got to do Mash, which I don't even really like that much. Um, are we doing any? We, I mean, if in an, in another world, instead of watching all the Stars Are Born, we could have done like Nashville. Right. When we do the John F. Donovan episode, we can <laughs> watch Shortcuts. Yeah. And Magnolia again. <laughs> when we do Vice, we can do both McCabe and M.A.S.H. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, I basically said it. So it's just, it's it's That's the, old, the, plot. the old man, he's got a gun, and he is, it's, oh, it takes place in the 80s, it's a period piece. Oh, and... and um, Let's not acknowledge the B-plot. And, yeah, and 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 a cop played by he who must not be named, um, I can't believe you just got me to do a Harry Potter reference on the podcast. Um, Whatever. Is on his tail... His wife, though I'm very His glad. Wife. His wife, though I'm very yes. glad to be getting work after Southside with you, Tika Sumter. Tika Sumter, maybe. Mm. So that's what the movie's about. It takes place in Texas, and <laughs> other states yeah, like Missouri, Missouri, Oklahoma. He does a lot. of driving. Doesn't go to Pasadena, but he does a lot of driving. It all looks the same to me. He says, <laughs> "It all looks the same to me." <laughs> when he's on, is it too late for me to call? <laughs> When he's on the phone, <laughs> I like Sissy, I, I, I like right. I like when Jeez. he's like he's like, is it too late for you to get out here and see me, mm. or whatever he says?
1: Uh, I wish oh, I had right. Okay, so what I oh, have I like a problem they, with? sure, tell me, spill it. What I have a problem? With. I have a lot of problems. I still like the movie, but All I right. got problems. I'm gonna be the social justice lawyer oh, yeah, person,
2: it, baby. We don't talk about that on the show, Brandon. I do not need... Sorry,
1: sorry Jewel just popped up from the corner. You do not corner. need a movie. Jewel? F- year, is it basic? In the film, Jewel?
2: Oh, yeah. I'm just going to keep going. Keep go- just plow through. Um, that is 99% white cast, where the leads are white, that says cops and criminals are, are really after the same thing. This, like, adrenaline rush. And... I just think it's so fucked up. I think it's truly fucked up in the year 2018 to make a movie that says... We're in. We're just having the game. Yeah, it's I, not real life stage. I think that the context is incidental. Yeah. I I take your point, but I don't yeah, think it's unfortunate. But I don't. But I don't think the film is trying to say anything about the porous line between cops and criminals. I no, think, I know, but, no, but it that feels that, that in way. Itself no, says I'm that. I'm saying it's incidental, mm-hmm, and it's there. And I yeah. t- and I totally take your point. Um and no, and, and I feel that. I I, I think yeah. that I think this could have been easily avoided. Yeah. if the film had. Only focused fo- on the only romance. On the romance, on the over the hill and gang Tom with Tom is, yeah. Waits and Danny Glover. Yeah. It give Danny, such... give Danny Glover more to do, please. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they barely had anything to do. They but, had like that one bar scene where he tells the Christmas story.
2: Like I understand, in the script, how like the characters are balanced because Tom Waits gets the Christmas tree story, and Danny Glover is the one who kind of turns at the end and has that really ama- like Danny Glover's. Face. I mean, like I, Danny Glover is someone I feel like I've known since I was a child because I watched yeah. Angels in the Outfield so much as a kid. Did and, you watch Elephant Dumbo Drop? Whatever that movie's called. Oh, Operation, Operation Dumbo, Drop? Dumbo Drop. I remember. Oh, I remember turning it the off. Best movie. I remember turning it off. I watched that movie so much. Well I was confused about Operation Dumbo Drop because oh my god, I forgot it about Dumbo, this. It wasn't movie. animated. Can we do Operation Demo Drop? After your mother comes on of and of does this? the You've Got Mail episode. Oh my
1: god, Operation Demo Drop. I forgot about this
2: movie. The cheat... Look,
1: the elephant's parachuting.
2: The cheat is... With
1: Ray Liotta. When...
2: What? With Sting Ray Liotta?
1: And Dennis Leary. Yikes. God, what a good movie. I
2: love, I love the glee that's coming good from this movie episode. IMO. Good movie, IMO. Saying Danny Glover like just has this world-weary aspect oh, to his god. face yeah. that like... He's just gonna open his mouth and tears are gonna come out of his mouth. Like they could do a lot more with that moment writing wise. I agree. You know? Yeah. Like but we could really see him turn. and like I, the I anguish agree. That puts him under. Yes, and it's just like a like a quick. It's like a throwaway. It, it doesn't yeah. just have to be Robert Redford's story. I mm-hmm. like. I'm not saying that by eliminating the cops aspect of it, I'm right. just focusing on the robbers that we just see everything through his eyes. Give us more time with everybody. Yeah. Absolutely. But that solves your problem because mm-hmm. I again, I think it's yeah. An, I think it's an accident that this no, happens. No, for sure. But it's it's certain, not malicious, but it's not conscientious either, right? But it's yeah. The context is like, oof. and I'm not saying conscious. I mean like conscientious, right? Um. <laughs> and this would have solved the problem and made the film much more interesting. Yep. Do I love I love interesting movies. What about you guys? Uh, I just love things that are interesting. Mm, I just love a good interesting film. Uh,
1: you know what's so interesting to me? What? I don't know.
2: I like to get I like to get a big <laughs> I like to get a big buttered popcorn, maybe a soda. Sit down. Oh my gosh. And during, just watch something interesting. During
1: Old Man and the Gun, I got a cookie
2: and a popcorn. You haven't been eating your cookie. Kurt, well, tonight. I
1: didn't want to eat it on the
2: mic, it's but a maybe I will. Literally every Brandon, week. Brandon, the great thing about a vegan protein cookie is you wouldn't... Like, vegan protein cookie, you're like, oh, that sounds brittle. I I, I, I didn't have enough water today. My mouth is not moist. I'm going to cut the roof of my mouth with a cookie shard. Honey, no.
1: I just took a it's bite a, and no one knew. It's
2: no. a moist, squishy, no-egg vegan cookie That's really and it's beautiful. got and it's got 16 grams of protein honey
1: uh i'm gonna get protein filled here Ew.
2: oh oh gosh <laughs> yikes wow <laughs> ben brandon, just
1: clutched his pearls brandon called me daddy twice on set why were you so appalled? and both times it like
2: really caught what me. was the context just, i don't know
1: it was just thanking you yeah he like handed me something i was like thank you daddy yeah <laughs> It's just like, oh, damn. Yeah. You, you were very disturbed. I know.
2: I don't know why. Maybe it's just because my 30th birthday is mere weeks away. Do you want to do anything special f- on the microphone for that?
1: Oh. What episode are we doing? Let's it's see like, what it looks like. Like if I you want to swap birthday, out homework
2: and just do a. a, a I think my birthday is between birth, 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 and birth, and widows, I believe. Let's take a look. <laughs> let's just talk about the calendar ahead of time. Yeah, let's take a look. Okay. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Spoilers. While we're doing that, I will. No, we can talk off the mic. But you are free on your birthday, though, right? hmm Okay, because we're seeing Mitski. I know. I don't know if I want to. That's what I'm trying to confirm with you, because I, I'm i going to buy those tickets, and I'm I'm fully intending on buying you Mitski let tickets me think about it. for your birthday, but I'm not going to if you don't want to go. Yeah. Me, I'm not
1: th- free, because it's, it's Kyle's birthday. birthday. <laughs> you two share a birthday. Yeah. With
2: Lord. Just like oh, Sissy Spacek. God. Well, Sissy Spacek. Scor- the Scorpio trio. Sissy Spacek not share a birthday Lord. with Lord. She is the Lord. My bad. Uh, My bad. Hanging yeah. in
1: the Louvre, bitch.
2: We could do... Is there a reason to do a Douglas the- Cirque episode in theme with the party I want to have? Oh, I forgot you're doing that.
1: Why don't we make the other side of the wind theme just Douglas Cirque for no reason? <laughs> well, I want to talk that about really the, I want to funny. talk about
2: the magnificent ampersands. Yeah.
1: We already did d- a of Douglas evil. Sirk thing theme anyway. When did we do that? Oh, right, for the shape for the shape of water. For the shape of agua. Okay, back to the Did ol- we do a Douglas Sirk movie?
2: We talked about All That Heaven we Allows. We did too. Oh. Back All to... That Heaven Allows and Did we do Written on the Wind?
1: Yeah. I have. No but I didn't rewatch
2: Written on the Wind. Okay, memory. Okay. Man. Enough. Back to the old man of <laughs> the gun. Back to the sissy space deck of it all. So I explained my frustration about the role before we got on mic, and Ben seemed like he had some thoughts, and as we are doing a sissy space retrospective, I wonder if you want to kick off the talk about her performance. Well. Cracks, knuckles. Oh. <laughs> are you shuffling a deck of cards? <laughs> um. I think she's stunning. Continue. Oh, yeah. I feel... I want I I, mean, th- I feel like I want you to talk first. I just think she is such a rapturous performer. She is one of the top 5 if not 3 greatest American actresses. 100% agree. And she brings with her just this I don't there's just a joy in her eyes in this mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. and she's just I mean I don't even know where to go. She's a she's, fascinating performer to watch. She as she unravels from a There's like Nicole Kidman, who is another one of my favorite actors. I love her because she's just so emotive, right? What I love about Sissy is that she's always thinking. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's not emotion. Yeah, it just thinking. looks like she's always thinking. I was gonna so um, watching six Sissy Spacek movies for this episode, mm-hmm. which is the like I've been. I think a lot of people in this country have been having a rough couple of weeks. Yeah. This has been. I'm not going to say who we make fun of. Was well, Carrie quite therapeutic? Extremely. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, since we're making fun, I'm happy to say it. We like to make fun of Bill Maher privately, who don't care for that guy. Um, for saying on the Seinfeld coffee show, yeah. when he has a sip of water, like, oh, water, it's such a tonic. He, he, he literally <laughs> is like, <laughs> Jerry, <laughs> do you drink water? And Jerry's like, not really. And <laughs> it comes in the bottle. Great Jerry impersonation. <laughs> Not really. And Bill Maher is like, "Oh, you got a, what a tonic, Jerry." Spoken like a true fucking a tonic. stoner. So,
1: it's watching one of my favorite Watching Sissy's watching six, watching, watching
2: six Sissy's basic movies in a row. Extraordinarily tonic-like. Mm-hmm. Um, what stands out to me is that this is a woman who is an expert at playing characters who are at war with themselves. It doesn't have to be in a violent way. It's just that she's constantly making up her mind. Yeah, you know, and and and, and um, there's in, nothing better than watching Sissy Spacek S- realize something, yes, anything. Oh. <laughs> but for oftentimes in, in in the work of hers that I've seen, she already she's known the answer for a while, mm-hmm. but she wants to believe that there's a better option. Mm-hmm. Like she in Bloodline, for instance. Oh. So I finally get to bring up here Bloodline. Oh, so,
1: here, here we go. <laughs> Bloodline
2: is a humid Florida Keys noir, honey. So it is about a, 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 an, an, an iconic family in the Florida Keys, a family of high repute. They own a bed and breakfast run by Sissy Spacek and Sam Shepard. Uh. Yeah, their children include Sheriff of the Town, Kyle Chandler, mm-hmm. uh, Norbert Leo Butts, I know something about Broadway is sort of like the fuck up son. And then Linda Cardellini, mm-hmm. Queen, is the lawyer, and so basically, I did watch the pilot. Yeah, they the, I'm going to get there. They're the, they're the perfect family, and then Ben Mendelssohn, who is the is the, prodigal, the he's the prodigal son. Right. He's the black sheep. He returns and he messes things up. So Sissy Spacek, it's established, and she's extraordinary in the show. She never got an Emmy nomination for it, probably because the show it um it's not real prestige TV. But other people um, got nominated. Ben Mendelssohn. Ben won. Mendelsohn won. I, I know I've talked about this on the microphone before, but Ben Mendelsohn wins for season two when he's. Barely ended it at all, but they submit the episode in. He's he's in a right. lot of, and he was in enough episodes. The flashback, that he's still, yeah, that he counts he died. as. Well, in a word, yes. But Sissy basic plays. does He not die. I'm not gonna fucking say. I don't give a fuck. This is for all the dads out there listening, because <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched I watched Blood Bloodline with my dad. So I think my parents love. But that. let let me get at what I'm they. Let me let me line. let me arrive at what I'm getting at. So blood it's established line. that Sissy Spacek always stood up for Ben Mendelsohn when he was a child, and so when he returns and starts running drugs through the family business, is um, really putting some tensions on the family as far as law enforcement. Son Kyle Chandler is involved in the repute of the family business. Sissy Spacek just wants to ble- Sissy Spacek just wants to be happy that the family's together, but she knows. That Ben Mendelsohn, that Danny, and the way she says it, Danny, that Danny is just one slip up away from it all coming down. And when she finally, when when she finally realizes what's been going on, it's not everyone else is treating her as if she's in the dark. And she has like a couple great scenes where she basically is like, "I'm not as stupid as all you people think I am." And it's oh, but I think about that performance in line with blood, first of all, in in line with blood, it is on Bloodline, but also with in the bedroom. With Badlands, when she's—I mean, all the way back to the beginning, when she's trying to figure out who Kid is. Yeah. Three women when she's figuring out how best she can manipulate uh, uh, Shelley Duvall. Three but, women. But she, mm. she's—you can—you can watch her trying to trust people, mm-hmm. but she knows in the back of her head that she's the smartest person in the room, right. which is why she's such a fucking Scorpio.
1: Do we know anything about her performance or role in Castle Rock?
2: No, but only that she's, she's, none anything. of us have seen it. I've heard she's amazing.
1: Is she in every single episode? Or does she I have like a so. special episode? I
2: think there is like a big sissy episode. My understanding is there is it's mostly like a serialized narrative, but there but towards the end there are these like standout episodes. Okay.
1: Interesting. I would like to watch one. like one episode I, I planned, would like to watch the sissy episode. I planned
2: to watch all of it because yeah. I like I I'm not a Stephen King head. But I'm interested in watching a not Stranger Things like actual Stephen King program. Right. It's Hulu, right? It's Hulu, Hulu. But I, oh, I will say t- tying all this back Hulu. to Old Man on the Gun, and then maybe we can wrap this up and start talking about the other movies. Yeah, I'm done um, talking about but, Old Man on the Park. <laughs> <fart. laughs> we, you, 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 arguably like it the best. Yeah,
1: I think so. It's good. I, I liked it quite a bit. I did. I, I, I mean, there, there are major issues I have. It's enjoyable. I, I just, um, but it's, it's, it's. I don't know. I just think. Oh, David I do Lurie... want to say something about it's the a man, nice America. movie
2: about nice people, and it looks nice, and it sounds nice, and everyone's pretty nice to each other, I and think it's, it's nice.
1: Deceptively deep too. I don't I know. D- I think no, it has I agree something with you. To say about, I like it as a tribute to Redford's career, and I like. I think I do think even though Sissy should have been in it more mm-hmm. for what she is in it, she makes the movie
2: as oh, it, yeah. as it I is. See. It's about like impermanence. Impermanence, yeah, exactly. and like I was saying even earlier, the I, look of it. it like, no, this it's, is it's I, like a La- speck of dust La- La- in the wind. La- it's the end of BPM. Like Lowry's visual style is very well fitted to this material, and it should be because he was it. shot on film. Obviously, yeah. I mean, that's when we, when, I, when the movie started. I was like, mm-hmm. Do I even get to like talk about the texture on the podcast, <laughs> or yeah. like is it just apparent, right? Right. Very um, apparent, and but I I agree that it's deceptively simple because also like I was saying earlier, it's a breezy like, ninety three baby. I think that the coverage is really compelling. All the, all these tight close ups, and then I think that I don't think that Lowry is really indebted to Altman, but there are some interesting pans in this film and the way that he's playing with off screen sound. Mm-hmm. Like in the very beginning when when uh, when Bob escapes from the bank, when when Bab escapes from yeah, the bank, Bab. And, and, and we watch the car go into a garage and then we continue to track with the camera down the garage. Although we're, we're outside the garage. We're just watching children playing outside and we hear a police radio that's coming from inside the car, but we are outside of, we are outside of the building and the camera tracks all the way out and then he's in a different car driving away. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's lovely and fluid and he is he is doing things when it comes yeah. to how he's playing with sound, how he is using the camera to re- like, it, it ends up kind of being like a joke at the end, yeah. like, like with the reveal of the different car. Um, and the way that he does it without cutting, yeah. um, there's a fluidity to a lot to his films that I yeah, appreciate. For sure. um, the way that time just continues to flow on. But I will tie back what I was saying to Sissy, which is that she, it's a little different here because it's not quite as combative with, with, uh, with Bab, but she doesn't, know that he's a bank robber, even though he kind of tells her that he is at the beginning. But she knows something's up. But she's not like needling him with suspicion. She can just, you can just see her kind of figure it out. And of course, we didn't mention, but her character's name is Jewel, Mm J-U-U-L. And I think it's appropriate because in so many of Sissy's performances, when she heats up, she starts to steam. Mm. Ah. Ah. Something that Sissy does, especially in this movie, in all of her movies, but and I don't think literally, literally, I don't think any other actor does this, is she's not only playing opposite the person, she's playing opposite her own thoughts. She's doing psychological portraiture. There's like a full conversation in her mind happening on her face that she's like having like, I'm saying this, and then I'm also responding this, and reacting to Robert Redford. It's insane. Yeah, and I I will say, I will say, that watching Three Women, I, and it might be because I was just watching So Much Sissy, because I'm on the record as Shelly Duvall in Three Women so is, much is one of Sissy. the all-time great performances. Yes. Like, one of the ten in my, it's just like for me. I think you're right, though. The I ten best American actresses. Sissy and Three Women? No, no, Shelley. Shelley. Oh, Shelley. Shelley but Shelley. I found myself watching Sissy so much closer this time. Dinner and Salad. Tuner salad. I'm going to make oh, you some tuner salad. And by the way, oh before before yeah, before Shelly, we get too uh, far away, I did want to mention that in my bag, I did bring tuna, tuna salad? I did bring tuna melts for everybody. Mm. Oh, thank I was you. I, I did not have any onions at the house, tuna so I just used some onion granules. I'm sure it would have been better oh with my the gosh. onion, I but I just want to make sure to I just want to make sure to give everybody their Oh. Unwrap all the sandwiches and make sure oh. everybody has one before we keep going. I know we might get oh my gosh. All famished. I'm
1: so, I Surely. should have rewatched Three Women because women, I just remembered when what a perfectionist she is ben and is how popping great.
2: up his and his sh- hood when she descends the <laughs> stairs. Hey, Tom. <laughs> her, her oh, yeah, when she tries to flirt hey, with. Uh, Let me, the thing about Sissy in it, though. And they're
1: just hanging with Sissy and they're like, who's this stupid bitch?
2: Watching <laughs> Sissy react to her environment and how she's going to play it internally is so much of the first act of Three Women. Yeah. For sure. Um, uh, by the way, speaking of three women, you know, you know what I say when I want to have a nice, nice sip of anchor steam, but Brandon's got one and I don't have one, and I really like some. I just lean back over and I go, "Give me a slug of that, Hoss." Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Which is when sit like sissy and three women when she's playing like seven different fractured, like Mm -hmm. pieces of psychological portraiture, I will always, it's not the most impressive, but because of how jarring and startling the transition is, the, like the jolt of transition is, I will always get the biggest kick out of her as just like post coma, like let her hair down, Mm. doesn't give a shit. Mm -hmm. And when she is shooting, shooting guns and she says, you know, give me a slug of that hoss. And then also when she's chilling at the pool with Tom at the, at the apartment complex and Shelly comes in and she's like, Pinky, I got us all this food. I told you. I told you I was gonna make you steak melts or whatever and she's like, I'm gonna like hang out down here with the people who saved my life. <laughs> like, not like the not like the woman who made me jump off a balcony. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so like oh, bitchy and yeah. sharp. I love it. It's Ugh. so good. Oh, and self-possessed. Fuck, I, like, oh, I, fuck. I forgot how so good that movie anything is. Anything else on Old Man and the Goon? No. Good movie, I, good solid movie. Solid movie. I wish you I gave it two and a half. Yeah, that's a solid movie. We all have we all have different metrics. We all have different. Yeah, metrics. your metric lower in recent times.
1: <laughs> I I could tell.
2: It's not. It's the star rating. I think is more in line with what I actually feel now. Exactly. And before I used to be higher. Ben I really ever thought. Whenever oh, sure. yeah. and I mean this with yeah, love, but fair. whenever I see Ben give something half a star, I never interpret it as half a star, like a real half a star rating. And maybe you mean it that you interpret way. it as five. I interpret it as just Ben being dismissive about it. In, which you're allowed no, to be. I truly think they're half star movies. Yeah, and eighth grade's not one of them. I didn't give it a half star.
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Imagine if you had <laughs> I was just picking one
2: at random. What did you give half like Solo? Yeah, like solo. Destroyer. Destroyer. Solar. That's the I'm thinking of destroyer, which I haven't even seen. But but I'm just saying I'm not saying that you sure. don't I'm not saying that Absolutely. you don't mean half a Star. I mean that like I'm going to interpret that as like this is a movie that whenever like that Ben almost might enjoy talking about because he's Because I hate it so much. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. In a dismissive sort of way though. Can't it's wait for Roger diss- Ebert. I hate this movie. I hated it. Where'd you go, Raj? Uh, that Raj, is what you- that is. Yeah. I love in the old man of the gun That's like incredulous hate. I like the montage. Of all of his prison escapes, very fun. It's wistful again. Mm -hmm. It's melancholy. I mean, this movie is just like drenched in like. There's a lot of fun in this movie. (laughs) I love fleetfooted fun. Am I right or am I right? (laughs) (laughs) I really, you know, what I strive
1: to do is do a really good BoJack alliteration. Mm, You know how Princess Caroline will be like, or no, the best one was when Flip McVicker when um they'll do like when Wanda Sykes's uh, like lawyer character mm-hmm. was like the arbitration station of the creation yeah. of the isolation, and it goes on for like 20 minutes Have you finished the season yet? No, I'm th- I have 3 left. So you've gotten to the eulogy?
2: Yes. Which how do you feel about it?
1: I will not praise it as highly as other oh, people. Let's talk about that. Do you simply it? refuse? No, I think I think because it destroyed me. I think. Do you
2: choose to refuse because you lose when you? (laughs) Well, I think when you boost on the. I I like the daring, Mm -hmm.
1: style, form choices that the season is. There's only
2: like three or four setups in that episode.
1: I think interior sub, is
2: which one is that? That's the following episode, right?
1: That's that's the one where Issa. Uh Lisa's character yeah. and Wanda Sykes' character they're have to d- change, dealing- yeah. 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 And Mr. Peanut Butter Mr. becomes Mr. Chocolate Hazelnut Spread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I like. I really, really. There's not a BoJacko episode I don't like, um, but I don't think. I don't think Eulogy is the masterpiece that people. Say it is. I was
2: saying to someone I do you. I was saying I to someone that it just I my I'm a sucker for a monologue episode. With my, with four setups. Yeah. Like it's not like the coverage is so simple. Like it doesn't I don't it know. doesn't do, there's only one time when it dazzles off into the imagination. I when that episode started. very like 1970s sitcom to me, and like this like Norman Lear thing, and when James Brooks was doing TV and it was just like they did these like insane monologue episodes. It, and I love that. It got and it feels like theater. I w- I, it does feel like it theater. It got
1: repetitive. Interesting. I, just, for me I and, disagree. And, and I was, I, was, I, was I, I kept sliding my mouse to check the time.
2: Okay, two things on that. Did one you one. watch it during production? Maybe you were tired. Okay, I'm just going to act I like did. I did
1: <laughs> watch it during production.
2: You were like, we could have got this 30 minutes and 10 minutes. Like, <laughs> we're wasting I, time. Like, I, the first AD I you were I could, I
1: was on production brain.
2: <laughs> You'd think you would like it because, again, there's four setups. Like, it's, it's very amazing. economical. It is
1: very efficient. It's efficient. Know. That's I'm, what I mean. I'm, I'm, since it is such a standalone episode, yeah, I, I will revisit it. it. I
2: see. I was Because I don't think I was in the right headspace for it. I was saying to somebody that I what the thing that I don't like about the eulogy episode and Interior Sub is I don't think they belong next to each other in the season because they are both so audacious and daring in their you structures. you a regular. You, that's it, what, like you told me when you when wanted it, to revisit. Yeah, exactly, but it's it, it's that but it's also that it pits them in my mind it pits them no. against one another because it sort you, of because does. you put, you watch two experimental pieces in and a row then, and 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 you pick a favorite. You know? And then it's like the, Halloween episode, and which then is so it's the Halloween great. Halloween
1: episode, so it's these back to back to back. Like, and but, I yeah, remember that thinking, oh, was experimental.
2: I loved it. I did too. And, oh, and I, I that's love experimental, the, but pushes the, the, the plot more directly and right. less obliquely than the other two. Yeah, I mean, the Eulogy episode is just a total uh, check-in with season four. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I was figuring what number season we're in, but this five. was five. And because season four is my favorite, when it when the it got was nice.
1: when the setup for the Halloween episode happened, which comes after. Interior sub, which yeah. comes after Eulogy. I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, very, very daring. Like, they're, like, yeah. back to back to back, like, daring. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Form. No, structure of, yeah. of the episode. It's just yeah. unconventional. Unconventional.
2: And then they still do the thing that narrative. they do with every penultimate episode, which is they go into some psychedelic direction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I'm sorry. Sorry.
1: They do, don't they? Cuz they well, do, they do it every, it in every they do it in every they season. In every and every you
2: season. and I have talked about that before. Yeah, okay.
1: they always go psychedelic
2: for the It's different. It's different. It's it just is. like it plays with black a- You watch the damn show. I will watch it. Yeah. Season 3, three is my favorite season. And I that is a season that I watched. Which one's 3? the Oscar. 43521. Is that the
1: Oscar? The one that skewers Oscar the most? Mm-hmm. That might be my favorite. What's your order? 43521.
2: Four is well, the, I haven't finished four five. is the best for me I think that's the the,
1: the four the best doesn't stuff. hold up for me. I think mine my favorite is probably two and then three and then one four I don't know or five blades. what I like
2: about four is it's an aftermath season like it he yeah. he's had he's had the acclaim he mm-hmm. went to the underwater film festival mm-hmm. and now he's found that i'm I'm still stuck with me right yeah. And, and I thought Aparna was such an amazing addition oh, to the cast. I agree with that, for sure. Like And it digs into the family who? history. Aparna Nuncharla. Well Is, her is her she name? the mom? No, the ha- daughter, uh, The sister. Holly, oh, Hollyhock. Holly, Holly, Hollyhock, Holly yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, that's... But digging into the... Oh my God, that's who voices her? Yeah. 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 Huh. And does Hong Chow voice the pod? Yes. The bodacious pod. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no. So good that <laughs> giggle. Is the, the, so the, good. the 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 guest I love cast is always the amazing. pug. They didn't wait, but, and I
1: love Issa Rae. But season
2: 4 also has Wendy Malick as his mother mm-hmm. and right. just in the flashback episode the the yeah. um what is it the I have Lobotomy half a brain mm-hmm. is that what the line is when she's like I, I have remember. half a I have half a mind to do this or so, it's something like it's something yeah. like that where she has a repeater and she's like I have half a mind to do this but like, I have half a mind to do that oh, and then yeah, after yeah. she gets lobotomized um like the episode ends on her saying, like, I have half a mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not. Is it the mother character or is it another character? No, actually? the mother gets. That's what I thought. I yeah, yeah I I'm think thought. that's right. Um, I love Hollyhock. Let's get back to
1: Sissy. Let's get back to Sissy. Yeah, sorry. I no, really, fine. really yeah. threw us for a loop on that he one. For Thank, Thank you, Peter. Peter. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. This podcast gonna... is not for TV Where pussies. Where are we? on time? Okay. <laughs> Where are <we> on time? <laughs> Our so
2: we have We're fantastic.
1: We have thirty minutes to discuss the rest of her filmography.
2: Oh, are we doing a tight ninety? <laughs> mm-hmm. Would be great if we did. Okay, <laughs> let's go for it. <laughs> let's try a tight ninety. So, oh, I'm in charge. So, um, I'm happy to just do popcorn style. There's too many movies to yeah, we go can't one like go time. one by one, or it'll be like forty minutes. Let's each just have a conversation about. Um, here's here's a potential topic. I'm just I'm I've got the topic cards. I'm great. just gonna pick one at random, and the topic is actually though talk specifically about in the bedroom okay oh yeah let's do let's <laughs> that, go there that's what the card said so in the bedroom i like that is my favorite to see performance and me it's, too it's also oh same yeah i think is one of the 50 greatest movies ever made and i think me it too. is uh it's a movie that i've watched so many motherfucking times and every single time it feels like a new movie to me um i love a movie that shows people like doing labor as they get the The lobsters. I like that the title of the movie is referring to lobsters. Yes. That the the titular boudoir in the bedroom Mm -hmm. is a lobster trap. Mm -hmm. And And not sex. But if there's but if no no, but it comes into this because if there's two lobsters in the trap in the bedroom, you don't have a fucking problem.
0: If If there's three.
2: If you and he's Benjamin is doing Amy Adams, Pincers, and Arrival. If there's three lobsters in the bedroom, they're not all coming no, out alive. No no. no, 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 And the triangulation does not just refer to Tom Cruise's brother, Marisa Tomei, and the star of *Carnival*, whose name I can't remember, uh, Nick Stahl. Oh, there are on that? there are a number of triangulations between mm-hmm. characters and tensions that arise in each of those, and that's yeah. where so I mean, I think that's where most of the drama comes from because even between Sissy Spacek and Tom Wilkinson, who both should have won the Oscars that year, and Marisa Tomei should have won for supporting. Um there is a third member of the drama and it's either their son mm-hmm. or it's either their marriage. Marissa. Or uh, no, of course, but what I'm saying specifically to like their dramatic scenes together, um, like where when people are breaking plates. <laughs> um Yeah, but they fight over Marissa. True. True. That's what I'm referring yeah, to. I love when Sissy and, slaps Marissa. Uh yeah, me too. I, I love that um Marissa Tomei. In a true supporting role mm-hmm. is able to like she is rarely the the lead in a scene um, and yeah. that 's not my point about why she 's supporting like she she is always entering into someone else 's drama for the most part, but it 's that she still manages to overwhelm the scene with her presence in yeah. a way that 's going to leave everyone else talking about her i mean she 's part of the main um, Well, it's her, it's her her abusive ex-husband who is the one who sets everything into motion. But Sissy, for instance, is dead set on Marissa Tomei being a problem, so she's Mm -hmm. just this this presence throughout the entire film, but she's not in much of it. And she does a lot with a little in each of her scenes, and manages to give you a complete, um, a complete character without ever getting too much of her interiority. Yeah, but yeah, I I I love when one of the most Scorpio aspects uh of this movie is that Sissy Spacek will go to the child's baseball game and will just sit there and be like, so do you think this is going to last yeah. much longer? <laughs> At the baseball game. She's like, you two fuck yet? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you two want some chicken salad? <laughs> There's a lot of chicken and tuna salad going on there. Mm, this movie, I can like smell Maine in this movie. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? totally. And... It's a incredibly precise film in the structure of the script. And I think maybe you, Ben, called it Kubrickian in that way. But, and I'm not so... Well, interested. just that Todd is... No, of course. And, a disciple of and Kubrick. An, yeah, and an actor in Eyes Wide Shut, yeah. too, right? But Bubrick. Boo, boo boo brick, And, like, on that movie, like... Todd was like, I want to direct in Stanley. Like, here's what you do. Right. I'm not someone who finds Kubrick's films to be cold in the way that they don't have a pulse. Yeah. I think there's a lot of red hot human drama going on in Stanley Kubrick's films. Um, But I think that the word precision usually gets aligned with cold. And Mm -hmm. when you have such a tight script like in the bedroom, you might like reading that script. I might I might think that bringing it to the screen, it's going to feel too rigid and it's telegraphing of information. I mean, right. everything is perfectly set up in this movie. Down to like Tom Wilkinson's friend being like, hey, why don't you just come up with us to our our house upstate for the mm-hmm. weekend? The way that that comes back in later. Yeah. Like, every, like everything is just perfectly planted. And even down to like the shot of, how are we getting into spoilers? The inciting incident. I actually don't want to do spoilers on this one because I feel like- Oh my God. No, 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 no. Brandon! The movie came out 18 years ago. But people don't, I mean, this is the first time that I saw it. Like, I'm just thinking that there are gonna be plenty of people, on this movie especially, I think that people will listen to this having not seen it, and I don't want... We'll call it The Inciting Incident. That's fine. That there is a shot, the way that it pans from Marissa's face into what has happened, Mm -hmm. yeah, and then up to the ex-husband. Yes. Is, like, just that alone is so precise. And yet like fully chaotic. Well, this is what I was going to my, my, my point that I'm making is that the, the framework of the film is very precise, Mm -hmm. but the film itself feels naturalistic and organic and that everything feels like it's happening in the moment. It doesn't seem predetermined, even though I think the film is also getting at some idea, not of fate, but just like that. We are already on these tracks that we don't know that we're on. Yeah. And we're on these paths that we don't already know that we're on. Yeah. Especially when you're not talking about them with your partner. (laughs) Oh, time. You want to talk about it? What if someone walked in? Fuck yeah. That's so good. It's brutal. What? Talk about our dead son? Ugh. No. (laughs) It's just so dismissive. No. Oh
1: my God, that kitchen scene. The fight.
2: Well, I just spoiled the movie. I know. I was. I s- didn't think about that. I was that. just thinking maybe just don't call attention. So, to So
1: I'm sorry, but the original marketing of the movie didn't reveal that as a plot
2: point. But we're not in 19. 19- we're not in 2001. Brandon. No, the original. No, definitely the marketing was. My parents don't like my relationship. That's what the DVD says. That's what I knew about the movie, was that there was a problem with the relationship. That my yeah, parents. Yeah, I remember when this I saw woman it. Is as too a... old for me. That
1: was like the trailer. Got it. So when people saw it in 2001 they were like, "Oh
2: my god." But then also at the Oscars when they do the like, "Here are here here's where I'm here to announce the fourth nominee for best picture." Well, then they can like s- yeah. It's like they, they don't show say what it's about. they don't show the the graphic shot, but they like they you know and what it's, graphic it's about. Yeah.
1: You can bleep when you say what it is in the ad. Okay, but if
2: you bleep it, you have to you have to literally dial it down. Was it too loud? It was so loud. Wait, what did you guys beep last week? A street A near street my house. Near house.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, because some one of our listeners was like, the beep was so loud. Uh, also, my OK cut shut cut up. that out, though. Also, my OK shut up was very loud. Was it? Yeah, it needs to be turned down. <laughs>
2: <laughs> then I'm going to have to turn it down every time now. Yeah. These are the notes. It blew out my ears. I was like, ah, I'm dying. It's because we've turned down our mics, yeah, right. so it seems right. louder.
1: You beep the street of your name, the street of your name. Call me Call by, me by st- my street name. Oh my
2: god, my brain. <laughs> um, what I also love about In the Bedroom uh-huh. is that Sissy got typecast as everyone does, and she sort of built a career on playing a perceived naivete, dangerous naivete, yeah, yeah, and then. That's not what In the Bedroom is at all. No. And she's also, the smartest person in the room. And that's, and it's it's a very quiet performance compared to a lot of her other performances. It's this a very, is, well, it's Northeastern. This is why I think that her character in Old Man and the Gun is so properly named. I think it's great that she's named after the popular nicotine vaporizer yeah. because the entire Jewel, because the entire In the Bedroom performance is her heating up mm-hmm. This simmering rage, this understanding of, I knew this was going to happen the whole time, mm-hmm. and how do I be a good wife, a good member of my community, a productive person for myself? How can I still push my life forward and be the best person that I can be while knowing that I could have fucking prevented this? Mm-hmm. Um that event- she gets the Price Water Clearinghouse letter and mm-hmm. she just laughs, yeah, derisively. But if, you know, wait, what was she, that part? She's heating up and then she's she going through the mail and the son gets a letter like you've won a million dollars, one of those things. Mm, oh yeah, and she just laughs. Mm. It's so
1: fucked up. I love the coral, that she, the coral. She's the coral uh, director. I know.
2: Oh, it's so good. And well, and that's all about precision and control, which is something that she doesn't have over her own life, which is why she's so good at. Oh, yeah. Good job, guys. I I messed up a little, but good job. It's where where she feels most at home because she is in control. Study your tapes. (laughs) And when she (laughs) there's the shot of the girl that has she's clearly been hit in the face with something and you're like why is that shot so prominent and then as the chorus is leaving (laughs) Sissy like taps and goes next time duck (laughs) yes no way yes I missed that it's so good the button of the scene but here's the thing even that is foreshadowing yes like a buried detail like that that Mm -hmm. that we are being tricked into thinking is just a little little laugh at the end is
1: the thing over her eye yeah yes
2: yeah, like this movie is brutally, clinically precise. Yes. And yet it breathes and bleeds. And since he talks a lot about, on this video that I watched, since he talks <laughs> a lot about, you know, we didn't have any money on this movie and it really forced everyone to just like, what do we have to get right today? And those are the only things they got. We have to get right a steady, compounding trauma <laughs> that hurts you more as the film goes on. You can't take it any longer. And then you realize it will never go away. Mm-hmm. How do we communicate that every day, guys? Mm-hmm. Oof. What is it when it they This movie is relentless. They're at the friend's cabin. And what's her face from Junebug. So what's her face? What oh, she, celia weston what does she say she, she she's basically like oh i would just die you know or, or something it's like something that Something like yeah it's just but then watching watching the mistake the realization of that ripple mm-hmm. across her face into tears like that's the experience of watching this fucking movie and sissy uh, trying yeah. to like have this facial expression of it's it, like it's okay it's like i know you didn't mean what you just like that you didn't mean to upset me it's okay it's but I also think that she doesn't really care. Like that—that that yeah. scene for me is like—is sissy almost like because she wouldn't say no, no. But what Ruth is communicating is like, you really think that like a slip up on a turn of phrase yeah. is gonna break me? Yes, I'm. That's right. I'm going through the most brutal passage of my life. Yeah, and I and and I. It's compounded by the fact that I knew something like this would happen. You know,
1: <laughs> What's, I'm thinking of.
2: I knew. I told you I would eat you. <laughs> I <He's> told you. <laughs> Sissy Spacek is very much Daniel Day Lewis. They're they're twins of the cinema, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Correct. Um, I I, th- I think it's appropriate in that, the boudoir? like, I I really love that in the boudoir when Sissy finally does heat up enough to the steam comes out mm-hmm. and she just starts breaking glass uh, or breaking plates. It's sort of a, it's sort of a break in that yeah. routine in a domestic setting that yeah. recalls a certain Jean D'Almon. In mm. my opinion, like the slow, uh. the slow burn of that performance. Yeah. And Did you you bring up Jean Dielman last week. Yes, sure about Beyon. It must be Beyonce's Beyonce. endurance. Nice. Mm-hmm. Continue. Sorry. No, that's all. And and um, that's all. I was going to say something. Else. What were we talking about before Jean Dielman? What was <sighs> Someone saying? breaking the plates. Yes. Daniel Day-Lewis. Okay. okay, breaking the plates. That was gonna lead me somewhere. I mean, I've forgotten. It's something I really. Till the coal say. miner's daughter. When I was... So the thing that I hate about The Coal Miner's Daughter is when... Where do we start? Is when Tommy Lee Jones is like, you have to decide. Are you my wife or are you your father's daughter? And she's she's just like, okay, yes, those are my two options. Uh, I, um, like, I, I think that watching Coal Miner's Daughter in 2018 for the first time, there's this frustration where you want to rewrite history and not have it be her husband who pointed her in the direction. Yeah. Like who gave Yeah, the agency. that really is no, fucked up. No, but you can't, you can't hold that against... But it's like, the, I'm sure that's fact. That's the Loretta Lynn story. You right. can't hold that against the film. What you can hold against the film is that it doesn't really spend any time with her privately discovering yes. and exploring her passion for music. All of a sudden, she's written songs and is performing. Mm-hmm. There is very little interiority mm-hmm. in the film that Sissy is not giving it. Yeah. This is one of... Sissy's fantastic in the film because I agree with Ben. She's one of the very best... American actresses of all time, but I find it very frustrating. I like when she calls that girl a Fat Sal. <laughs> I do too. I like when she a says Sal, dad, dad Gum. Oh. But the film Daddy. doesn't seem very. What's in- the husband's name? Doolittle. Lee Jones. <laughs> what are you doing, do?
1: Oh, do, 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 do. <laughs>
2: What do you? What are you put the bedroom in the back instead of my eyes. Yes, yes. <laughs> I want the dadgum bathroom in the back, dude. do <laughs> I've been having children since I was fourteen. That breakdown scene is extraordinary. But like, that's what I find frustrating about the performance. Is it's like, oh yeah, of course, it's the Oscar-winning one. Yeah. That it's, it's she's so uh, obvious. That, 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 that it's the, the biopic Oscar. where yeah. she breaks down, like. This is, she's amazing in the movie because like I was trying to say, you can't, she's amazing in everything, but I find this movie hugely uncompelling and not weird and an an expected uh, Best Actress Oscar winner, yeah but just like of all of Sissy's performances, it feels very much like, it's such a boring pick. Oh, we do wish we had given it to her for Carrie. Because I think yeah. it was her second it's, nomination. It's her second nomination. It's early in her career, and I mean, it's just it all, like now she's she's playing Loretta Lynn. She's carrying this yeah. movie. Well, and it makes, it's a much more palatable genre than Carrie. I know. Yeah, I the biopic. I agree. And and you know, I I she's working with all of the great auteurs at this point. I think there's like this Plus feeling. Michael Apted. I know director Michael Apted with the Seven Up series directing Coal Miner's Daughter, and yet doesn't like give his lead actress a real close up. Like, 30 do you feel minutes? like watching this movie, this movie is, is slower like watching than the Apple movie Butter on an on a laptop and you've dimmed it a little bit? Like it's not like there are contrasting shadows. It's just no. That's the, that's the problem yeah, because I, felt I, that. I think it's I think it serves its region poorly yeah. because. Sure, you know um, there is newspaper lining the walls in a way that feels appropriate. Actually, that does come from IMDb trivia. That does feel appropriate to the time. And Loretta Lynn was very pleased with the film and the way that it portrayed her world. But as a viewer, I agree. Loretta Lynn saw a picture of Sissy without knowing who she was or what her talent was, and was like, "This one's me." (laughs) Yeah, Loretta looks like Loretta Lynn. Also voted for Trump, (laughs) but um, I no, yeah, that has ruined this movie. It absolutely has. But I agree with Ben that it just feels like you're watching on its laptop on your laptop with the dim the light turned down a little bit. When it's, it's really dim, weird. And it's no, just... but when I'm I'm sorry, I'm just like not being good as usual at being succinct. Not being good. Brevity's not doing my strong good. <laughs> oh, that's actually I'm not. <laughs> I'm not doing brevity right now. But like, just making everything dark without any sense of depth or texture okay. or contrast is not portraying Kentucky or West Virginia yeah. or whatever. Like that's not. That just because it's dark doesn't mean that that's like depression era or post-World War II, poor-ass Appalachia. Like, you have... Like, look at something like Harlan County, USA. Like, obviously, it's a documentary, so she doesn't have to recreate the scenes themselves. But those... The way that she is framing... And, like, the landscape is so beautiful. And, like, here we are... And it's dark. I will say, I keep thinking my laptop dimmer. Is there's down. a shot I love in Coal Miner's Daughter, and it's funny. It came right as soon as I was saying to myself, like there hasn't been a single interesting shot in this movie. But it's when she and Dew are on the back of that tractor going from her daddy's grave, like oh yeah, through the landscape, and mm. we do get it to highlight both the sameness and the rugged texture of Appalachia. And there's this like the way that their bodies are uh, positioned on that tractor yeah. or whatever it is. Like whether they're tilted in a way that doesn't seem gravitationally possible. Yeah. Like I'm being bopped around. Like that mm-hmm. was a great shot. Yeah, I like um, that. And positions them in their environment while also sort of getting at the rough road. Yeah. But I just found this movie so boring. I never watch movies in two sittings and I had to do this in There's two, no- two sittings. I was in, i was so bored. There's no like emotional arc. No. And it's just like because we don't spend any time with Sissy by herself. And then this scene. And then this scene. And then she has an amazing breakdown. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I and, and I'm trying to think like pulling
1: up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra. Just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks, then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer.
2: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If Loretta Lynn wants to tell this story as sort of a um, like a bifurcated narrative, or you know, it's yeah. like a, a dual narrative between her and Doolittle. That's fine. Like, yeah. as far as she's concerned, maybe her life is fifty percent and his is fifty percent. Like yeah. whatever, fine. But you the movie never prefers Doolittle's side of things, yeah. but you would think that it would be a little more interested in interrogating what Loretta is even fucking thinking yeah. in every scene, you know? Yeah. It's just Like clearly very... Loretta becomes Loretta Lynn because of what Doolittle gives her. Um but like when, when he's sexually assaulting her at the beginning yeah. of the marriage, when she yeah. won't consent, like why aren't we spending more time sitting with Loretta on that instead of her just seeming like she won't put out, which I think yeah. is kind of how the film goes about that. Yeah, um, And it's like Sissy does her just best trying to bring to it this sort of fierce determination that I think is present in all of Sissy's performances that there's, there is some sort of internal North Star but there isn't the time to really explore it in Coal Miner's Daughter. In the right, except way. there's plenty of time. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a it's long like, movie. It's 124 minutes or something. Once uh, she goes on tour, that's when it really starts cooking with gas. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I like the, the scene. first. The first getting there stuff yeah. is a little in, bit in rough. watching
2: Sissy sing and perform. That's when you can see Loretta feeling herself. Yeah, in a way that. Is electrifying, yeah. but why aren't we spending any time with Loretta by it's her so fucking There's a lot of, that year, Ordinary People wins Best yes. Picture. And Mary and Tyler Moore. Is often, it's often joked that's the best TV movie of all time by people who don't like it, and well, this is the best TV movie of all time, and it's not even the best. Yeah. Raging Bull probably shouldn't have been nominated. Just kidding. Should have won should have been Miner's best picture nomination. i'm sure coal miner's daughter got a best picture oh, nomination best actress best Sc- it did not get best director it it got a it, it was in the best it's, it's one best of those picture. movies yeah. where you're like oh it got a best picture nomination therefore it will win best it's still actress exactly that 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 trend um yeah. the movie is still generally well liked yeah it it's, is yeah I got a text today. Why did you give it two and a half stars? And I said, it's the sexual politics. And they were like, okay, that's fine. But I, yeah, they're murdered. Yeah. Great. Not great. Bob, I agree. I know. I agree. It goes beyond the sex. I mean, it goes beyond the politics. It, it, it goes into the, although everything is political, but it, I just don't understand the strategies I mean, also of the filmmaking, the strategies of focus in this movie in terms of who are we spending time with and, and what, and when we are spending time with them, how are we spending it? Yeah. Um, Anyway, it's just frustrating because Sissy is really giving a a great performance, but I never really feel like I know this woman. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. I think that's fair. Okay, in Carrie. 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 Let's talk about Carrie. Carrie works a lot less than I remember it working, which is not to say that I think it's a bad movie, but I think that the extent to which it does work is because of Sissy's performance. Um, Yeah, it doesn't I think that's a little diminishing of De Palma, but I I hear what you're saying. I think it's. Brandon, Brandon, sorry. What are we saying? the, The prom. Until the prom, it's just like a disparate connection of scenes that don't follow for me.
1: Yeah, the movie. Re- I, this is the first time I, I've seen it, and the whole high school stuff of it was not really clicking for me. But yeah. then once, like, I was enjoying it because of Sissy mm-hmm. up until the prom scene, which is just and then electrifying and brilliant.
0: I agree.
2: I really. It, it's like. Michael and I were talking about this on set one day that just it just hinges more than any other movie on the climax, yeah, and like horror movie at least. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and yeah. but it's but it
1: it works because the climax is so good and so worth it.
2: Yeah, there is. Uh, I mean, this is another jewel movie for me, where sissy is heating up and then she steams. But yes. I find the heating up just as interesting. But I don't think that we spend enough time with it. I find it. what I she's feel similarly doing interesting, but I just think I feel similarly about Carrie as they do Coal Miner's Daughter, which is why the hell are we spending time with these yes. other people? It's just like There's yeah, should have been a tissue that watching, isn't there. watching Carrie mm-hmm. research in the library is fascinating. By the way, I'm not a. I I like this movie a lot. Um, I. I think it's far from perfect. I think that it is so jagged in the scenes that it collects leading up to the climax in a way that never fully feels... has a connective tissue. I do think... This is the second time I've seen it. There's a dramatic irony that is more apparent to me that De Palma is setting up, which makes Carrie's humiliation that much more humiliating because of the dread that he's turned up. It's not just in that masterful shot where he lays at the geography of the prom stage and where all the players are, where the pig's blood is, where the rope is, how the contraption works. And then it ends on an overhead shot of finding Carrie and Tommy winning at the prom. It's a masterful shot. And, you know, just churns this dread leading up to the bucket being pushed over. But he's, you know, he's never even hiding what they're doing at the slaughterhouse. They're killing a pig and collecting its blood when they're putting the bucket, Kill kill it when they're putting when when Travolta and Nancy Allen, Queen Nancy Allen are putting the bucket up in the rafters before mm-hmm. the prom, we still have like 20 30 minutes to go. Yeah. Like it's it's building this dramatic irony that is just meant to make it that much more discomforting. I mean, this is a really cruel movie. It's a really great edging session, this movie. Yes. Leading up to at, that. But at the same and, and yeah. I in De Palma is a director that I admire quite a bit and have a lot of frustrations with at times. The split diopter shots get me so hard. I mean, Greg Toland... Oh. <laughs> De is like, picking up the, the Greg Toland baton in terms of playing with deep focus in the frame. Um, I think a lot about blowout with the owl and the split yeah. diopter, but he uses it really well in this. And um, to great psychological effect, too, especially in the house between Piper Laurie, who's extraordinary in this, and then, you know... Carrie coming out from her closet in the background. Mm -hmm. Um, The, the depth seems off uh, in a way that sort of rattles your brain. But then there are scenes like the guys trying on their tuxes and it does this like hyperspeed thing where their voices start moving like this. And I love it, but I don't need that. Yes. Like De Palma is doing a lot of experimentation in this film and I think it's compelling. And I think it all works in the context of their scenes, but together Carrie is honestly Gel like for me. still like Brian De Palma growing out of his like student experimentation phase. Like this is exactly what I mean you know? with that with the um, the tuxedo scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's exciting to watch, but like I don't know if you've ever seen like greetings or hi mom, but it is just like he's playing around with a camera. Yeah, and it's it, like he hasn't grown out of that quite at character. What's what's tough about De Palma, especially at this period to continue your argument, is that he knows what he's doing in terms of speaking fluently and discrete phrases of cinematic language. He's just missing the larger yeah. symphony of it all. Okay. Like he's someone who understands film thick and thin through and through. And especially watching something like Dress to Kill, which unfortunately is dampened by the fact that it's deeply transphobic yeah. even though it has some masterful sequences of suspense he knows exactly what to do with a camera to convey a feeling he's still so good at the sequence exactly mm-hmm. um but in carried listen I... to our mission impossible episode to hear more about that oh yeah we've talked about the palm on this podcast before on this podcast All right. Mission Impossible. De-per-mer. But I... but De-per-mer. But, yeah, I... <laughs> Permer. It was De-per-mer. very, very cathartic watching Carrie today. And I also... Watching I, the blood ejaculate on her? Yeah. Oh. Oh, my God. Sissy... <laughs> yeah. I think... <laughs> That's my Carrie impression. Yeah. And again, this is this is not a visual medium. Your face, but you're doing the eyes. You're doing perfectly. But sissy. I spend a lot of time pretending I'm sissy spacek in the mirror.
1: You know how when (laughs) I like the um, the little weird things where it's like it's almost like. Uh, psycho music. Mm-hmm. It's like me, mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, and it's and it like zooms in really fast. Yes. It's De Palma doing Hitchcock. I love when we zoom totally into work. Nancy Allen and John Travolta under the stairs, and you're just, they're just like gremlins. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get that great shot of her hand in shadow with the holding the rope when we uh-huh. go past the the stage. Like, yeah. He's De Palma. I mean. De Palma is a Hitchcockian filmmaker. <clears throat> Hitchcockian filmmaker. Let me just say it twice for maximum annoying effect. Hitchcockian. But, but I think Hitchcock. By which I mean, yeah. How is that even Hitchcock. relevant? <laughs> Are you actually mad? Hitchcock. No, I'm not actually mad. I mean, he's just trying so hard Cock. to. <laughs> and he would be the one that's like, never mind. I mean, he says, I think in Hitchcock Truffaut, this is what I mean. That he he's like. Everyone talks about Hitchcock's the greatest filmmaker, and I'm the only one that does what he does. That's Well, he's ripping him off. Yes. It works. But yeah, it's totally it fun. does work. Um, I'm sorry, Brandon. I about wasn't three actually women? mad. Three women's. I just want to say about Carrie. what about Badlands? We didn't talk about. I know we're getting there. We didn't talk about <laughs> sissy and <laughs> <What> in... Judy. <laughs> I just want judge Judy. I, I want to just watch. talk briefly about sissy and Carrie, mm. which is that mm. you have Betty, you have Betty Buckley, who <laughs> is playing the gym teacher. Yes. And she says to the principal like, you know the kids are just like making fun of her and like honestly, like I there's part of me that wants to join in because she just won't get it through her thick fucking skull yeah. what's going on. Yeah. And I don't think that I don't think that Sissy Spacek is inviting you the audience to join in on that, yeah. but she is able to play it in this way where you just want to help her so desperately while also respecting help her me. while also respecting her space. Oh, yeah. You know? Uh. <laughs> no one can see you. Help me. <laughs> <laughs> help me! Help! i was gonna try and say things but <coughs> i i it, i'm not gonna pull us back from there so Ooh, help me <laughs> not a visual medium not a visual medium what i love about carrie is the theme isn't don't bully people it's be careful who you bully because she might be the devil. <laughs> I was, th- But I don't think that she is the devil. Well, she comes up from Earth at the end. That's not how the devil reappears. Yeah, I but mean, she's a witch. She's but, a witch and she uses her powers for evil. But I don't think she... Are you... I mean, are we not all on Carrie's side? <laughs> is well, it just of course me? Of I'm I am. on Carrie's side. Yeah, but I mean, like, the whole movie is like this larger metaphor about uh, fear of sex, fear of... Becoming a woman, fear of puberty. Like, it's the Melania Trump story. She is now against cyberbullying. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I've I've lost it. Yeah, I'm. I'm tr- <laughs> We're beyond the pale now. I think that Carrie is getting at something similar. We're far from the shallow now. Being able to meditate between work and this <laughs> podcast not has really changed and like giving me more juice to do this on a weeknight. Feeling juiced. (laughs) I'm feeling cranked right now.
1: (laughs) Just like Carrie at the end of Carrie. I like when she flips the car. Yes, I was just
2: going to say, I'm Carrie walking home and you guys are the car behind me trying (laughs) trying to live your life. (laughs) No, the car is me trying to like make one coherent point about Sissy's performance in this movie. Okay, go for it. No, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) She's gone. I have to be okay. Well, let's talk about three women because you didn't watch that recently. You can
1: watch three. You can talk about three women and Badlands because I haven't seen them in
2: a while. I love. I, I'm, S- I'm just. De- I'm honestly defeated. I love when Sissy's like my leg, my leg, oh, my back, my, my back, back, oh, my leg, my leg, and when she like feigns vomiting at one point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. I love her. She's just so in it, and she's like. When she puts her head in the noose and when she like rolls around in the wheelchair, she's just like this childlike id this spirit. Is, this is my second favorite sissy basic performance. It's so good. She's just so good. And a real then it's strange. like after the co Dakota, the coma she is like her physicality is totally different even. She's playing a different person. She's playing several different characters yeah. in the film. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I am fully defeated. And wow. I'm going and I'm going to regret this when I listen back to the episode for proofs. So I'm gonna be like, why aren't you talking about this and that? But I'm just happy to let you lead. Wow. I finally broke you you. <laughs> you you truly have broken me. I've finally broken Three Daniel. women is one of my twenty favorite movies, yeah. and the last thing I want to do is talk about it wow. now. What about when Shelly Duvall is like, your tuner melt's going to get cold. If you don't eat the tuner melt. <laughs> <laughs> she's so proud of her like dinner party hors d'oeuvres. idea. And I, it's like I, the I, most I, basic. I, I was half planning on coming in today with a tray of Ritz crackers uh, with cheese whiz with and, and an olive and on top. Of, they were a real hit in my last party. I've only seen this movie three times, but. Each time I've watched it, when she runs through the instructions to Sissy about how to make those Ritz crackers mm. with cheese whiz and an olive on top, mm-hmm. I almost—well, I guess I always, because I, I just will yell out like, "Olives?" or like, <laughs> "Really?" Yeah. like, "Ugh, it, it is gross, sounding. My car's gone. <laughs> that's the best part. <laughs> My car's gone. Well, that's that, that's. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about the Shelley Duvall performance is that it's deeply sad. Yeah. I mean, all she wants is to be liked. Yes. And to have people care about what she has uh-huh. to say. It's very eighth grade in that way. She, it's also a very funny performance. It's like when she's walking in behind the other girls, just talk. Yeah. And then they walk away. She's like, they're doing hula, they're, they're doing hula dances at the, at the gym. It's only $12. I think it's sexy. And then every time she gets in her car, she slams the door and there's just oh, a little sliver of her dress. Oh, she's I forgot got, about
1: that detail.
2: That is tucking Ooh. out under the door. My car's gone. <laughs> well, there it is. Uh, Someone stole my car. Well, then you better call the police. I am. I am. <laughs> I,
1: this. <thing. laughs> I need to rewatch it. I'm well, so lit. When they when to they pull guys. up to Dodge
2: City, well, that's it. All right. Wonder who <laughs> took it. Better, we, better. Guess we better go in. <laughs> she like runs into her old roommate, and she's like. Oh my God, like, Millie, what are you doing here? Well, someone stole my car. No one stole your car. It's like right out front. <laughs> well, that's what we're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> she's so sad. So sad. I just, I feel so much for her. Uh, okay. all, all of the fake dates, like whenever yes. she's on the phone, she's like, well, I have a date, but, you know, I've rescheduled with him three times. He's so hungry to hang out he with wants me. This, he wants me so bad. Yeah. Uh, when We've got a rollaway board for one of us that's got company. Sissy. Uh Sissy. And then when she talks about the role of it, way bed, but she's like I slept on it a lot with my last room. <laughs> mm-hmm. With the assumption that like things are gonna be the same except now I'm gonna be the one. Yeah. Um I think of, <laughs> uh we were talking about some of the funny things that Sissy does when she in the back half of the movie, but when she's like on the phone with Millie at mm. home and Edgar, like that I mean th- We'd have to do like a whole other episode about what, what three women is about because yeah. it's about several things. But the the strain of toxic masculinity that is best encapsulated by Edgar, like when he's playing with the beer bottle, and she's just like, stop it. Stop it. Yeah. I'm on the phone. <laughs> when when Millie and her friends drive up during the dinner preparations, Deirdre n- drives up. Oh, right? yes. Yeah, sorry. Deirdre is like, just tell her we're not we're going out and City. we're not. Like we'll hook up with you later, and like the look on Sissy's face of like I'm gonna have to fucking tell like, her this. Yeah, like oh my god, I'm gonna she's gonna break, <laughs> in and half. then she blames her for it, and mm-hmm. then Sissy jumps off the balcony. Well, what did you say? Yeah. Millie... You drove them away, Millie. They're not coming.
1: <laughs> I'm loving this.
2: Who's that cute guy? Oh, who? Tom. He asks me out all the time. Do you want to hear my <laughs> Hi, Tom? <laughs> Every time every time Shelley Duval walks into the courtyard, she doesn't stop walking. She just sort of leans her head over to the blind and goes, hot time.
1: <laughs> oh, I gotta rewatch it. I it's love this just movie. So, it's
2: so well written. But Oh, yeah. I mean, and you know the story behind this movie. I don't. Robert Altman has a dream. This, w- oh, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. this crazy fever dream about three women who are split personalities and all the same and then it's some Dust Bowl era thing but uh-huh. meanwhile they're working at an old folks home and then they switch personalities and there's tuner salad he has to go to the airport and he pulls off at Universal or Paramount I think mm-hmm. it's a parent mm-hmm. wh- wh- whichever studio he ended up it's a studio movie it doing is. it for he, st- he pulls over he pitches the dream they buy the movie and then he goes to the fucking airport mm. wow. that's the story
1: brilliant yeah i forgot like i was like who's the third woman and i remembered
2: and i think it is paramount it might be paramount it's a studio picture that's
1: well, they all. so you like got them. three women see so you got one two and then
2: three, There's three i'm women. the pregnant one <laughs> dude <Who'd>, um <laughs> okay <laughs> Sorry, I just like I you were Me in the ba- giving birth. You were in the bathroom. You were in the bathroom, but I admitted to Ben that I, I, that have I broke him. fully been broken. <laughs> and I can't I can't Do you wanna
1: say five words about Badlands before we conclude? I'm just
2: saying I'm not able to actually talk about it. Badlands of these is the best anymore. and funniest movie ever made. Thank you. Oh, great. So what's funny about it? Everything? No, I mean like I but just like specifically Everything that Martin Sheen says okay, is right. okay, right? Okay, for sure a joke. I agree. You know, I agree. And like, there's just like cosmic irony is, that's funny to me. And like the way that she just decides, I'm done with this now. And like the look on her face of like, there's a, there's a helicopter coming, and she's like, Yeah, I'm not, I'm not running. <laughs> she's I could, just, I'm you know, I that. I could talk. I mean, this movie's doing a lot of things. It's fucking with um, American iconography. Mm-hmm. It's poking holes in that. I could go on about how the movie is an extended metaphor about relationships and young love, and that eventually. It's the best teen movie, I think. Eventually, you realize. For me. Eventually, Mm -hmm. you realize that you've, you know, literally or metaphorically killed your parents, burned up your old life, and you're on this long, dusty road with someone else, and you've got some mutual mission, Mm -hmm. and it's ride or die, and a lot of people die. As you keep driving, you keep barreling down this dusty road and then eventually you realize when you're in the middle of the fucking Badlands, why am I doing this again? Yeah. And then you're done. That's why it's the best teen movie to me because it's just yeah, yeah. that's barreling headfirst and then suddenly you wake up and you're like, what am I doing? But it's also about, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's exactly. And that's true about the teens, but I think more specifically about young love. Yeah. And like first relationships mm-hmm. or just like relationships in general, but there's yeah. something so carefree and naive about it. I mean, now I feel like, you know, we put up so many walls. We're watching walls the honeymoon the time period uh, that just happens to be of a very dangerous man. Yeah. Who's psychotic and just wants to be famous. Like, Oh my god you when think he I got gets him? when he when he decides to give up and he just starts collecting rocks like yeah. manically that's the funniest bit of physical comedy well, and then he like makes mountains this, him is, out this he, is where you got me this is where you got me <laughs> it's so funny i I, I just laugh and laugh it's also so so like damning though and how quickly the the cops take to him mm mm-hmm. mhm this brings us back to the old man and the guy. I know I was realizing it we gonna... oh. but it's we yeah. just came full circle. Right. Full but circle. It, but it's less than that everybody's going after the chase and yeah. it's more that like if you they want the if you have enough charisma, mm-hmm. if you look enough like James Dean, like everyone wants to everyone wants to be kit. Yeah. Even the lo- the the officers of the piece would rather be kit. That's uh, very American. That's what I'm getting at. And like I said, you've broken me. I can't make any more points. I just can't do it. And so, <laughs> It's a very American film. It's one of the most American films ever made.
0: Uh, I agree.
2: And uh. then Terrence Malick then decided, I'm going to go be a farmer. Well, no, he made one more he's movie. like, And, then, and then he decided, I'm going to go be a farmer for 20 years. As far, but Which he decides after making, in my opinion, better. They're both perfect films, yeah. but Days of Heaven is like a more perfect film. Is Days but of that, Heaven that's first? His, no. No, it's the second. Badlands is at... Debut and yeah. then it's days. Yeah, let me know which when I you've watched. Watch Becateria. it tonight. And it's only ninety-four minutes. You have time. It's early. Yeah, <laughs> and then checks clock. And then bring me. Checks and then microwave. bring me back my DVD. It's on my I floor. I saw it on your floor and when in, I went to get the puppy
1: mask. And inside Lou Davis your floor. Oh,
2: I forgot you have my inside Lou Davis. I have
1: your inside Lou and Davis and your Days of Heaven, which I
2: specifically said keep as long as you need, and I mean it. They're
1: on, Ben to, saw evidence they're on my floor yeah, they're nice. out in focus yeah they're the not floor. like hidden away they're not going to be forgotten they're in plain view oh you don't have to convince they're me. in daniel plain view let's
2: watch days of heaven soon because i like i'm explicitly doing a malik rewatch are you guys right. gonna watch my copy of days of heaven without me yeah sounds great let's great. do it this has been another episode <laughs> of movies imo let's have a double feature because we've been meaning to watch of Days been, of Heaven and Double Indemnity, oh which have nothing to do with each other, but just that we've been meaning to watch it for so long. They both start with are you, ta- are you talking about? A, are you talking about a private plan? You're going to watch two of my favorite movies without me? Yes. No, you have always been invited to Double Indemnity. You're busy. And so obviously that means you are invited <laughs> to the double feature. Well, Brandon seems All right. pretty I'm just kidding. sure about that. I'm, I'm just kidding, too. I'm just kidding. Okay. okay, this this has been another episode of Movies IMO. Um you can follow us online uh at movies IMO on Twitter. Um I was Daniel Crook. Uh you can find me at Daniel Crook with three O's. And now you're a specter and in and the wind. I'm, and, I'm, and I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna hot glue myself back together. Uh, by uh, by which I mean I'm gonna keep watching more sissy Spacek movies. Okay. Oh. Fuck yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm Brayden Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at BKKirby.
2: I'm Ben M.B. You can find me on Twitter at RealTotty. Please leave us a nice review if you feel like it. Give us five stars if you feel like and it. And tell us. And tell us. What's your favorite Susie's music for four minutes Tell us. Which of the three women is your favorite woman? <laughs> <laughs> Which plate that she breaks in, in the bedroom <laughs> is your favorite? Do you like good lands or do you like bad lands? Or do you like it kind of in between lands? What kind of pig's blood would you like spotted on your face? <laughs> <laughs> No one really got me. Next week, we'll be doing our Babe Pick in the City
1: episode. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Roger Ebert gave that four fucking stars. Yeah. Next week, we no, are- No, he gave it three.
2: Let me look it up. All right. While you're doing that, I will I will say that next week, we are doing- um... <clears throat> I can't fucking do it. Four stars. Uh, four uh, stars, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, uh,
1: Tell something good.
2: Tell me something good. <laughs>
1: That's it. <laughs> when there's music, there's notes, and those notes just repeat, and they're the repeating of life. Do you know what quote I'm talking about? Yes. Next Sam week, we're, Next
2: week, we're talking about Cradley boopers, A Star is Born. We're also going to talk about- Our crads are going to be boots. We're also going to talk about the other iterations of A Star is Born. I will say, someone was saying to me the other day, at like- At what
1: price, Hollywood? At, at what price? What price? At what price, Hollywood? At what price?
2: That's like the-, the it's, a, it's such a shame this isn't a visual medium. Watching you like tear your hair out is so compelling. What price? I, I was talking to someone recently who was like pro Cradley Boopers, gaga, Star is Born. And he was like, We already had our Star is Born from the post 2000 period. And it was called Dancer in the Dark. Oh. And let me tell you, Sam Elliott wow. is no Catherine Deneuve.
1: Wow. Oh, oh, okay. Interesting. It's a take.
2: Interesting. Do we have any further commentary? When I look at Sissy Spacek, I think about the moment in Carol when she says "flung out of space." <laughs> That's just what I think when I Very look at her. Sweet. I'm just like she's my little angel that I just want to watch. Flung out of slash space, alien, angel, <laughs> slash alien. It's she really has an extraordinary career in that she starts out playing these malevolent, like these naive women with the malevolent streak. Mm-hmm. And then she goes on to, like, inhabit so much matronally energy. Yeah. Like, but, Give but the help. But it's a Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> but I mean more like this. Let, 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 let me try this one more time. It's this like I she, have a needle. It's like a sheen. It's like a shear mm-hmm. of like stable matriarch. Mm-hmm. But actually, she is still teeming <laughs> yes. with doubts and demons underneath the surface. Fine. Literal theme fire i love that like in several of her movies she sets houses on fire fire is a theme for sissy spacek sissy spacek is in a word fire Mm -hmm. fire yeah well one of you fire me so i can go home (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) the winner is jane fonda
0: thank you thank you very much members of the academy and thank all of you who applauded There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much.
2: Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Muscal and Andrew Scott.